0: Hey Dave, what are you doing?
1: Oh, I just laid down to read this bonsai newsletter. The Texas squad leader players put this out. It's great.
0: Oh, well, you know what? Since you were playing squad leader last night, and uh, I think you've been spending a little bit too much time on that hobby, I really need you to put the boys to bed tonight.
1: Ah, all right. Hey boys, I'm going to read to you. Come up to bed.
0: Yay!
1: All right, come on up to bed. Come on! I think we can do this quick. Alright, lay down, guys. Ready? If your hilltop teams are still in place on turn 5 or 6, then you're doing really well. While they may be sitting in a huge cloud of smoke, they are still alive and in good order. Any close combat attempt by the on the 10 Neg 2 by the Hungarian. ...comes loaded with peril. He is the key Romanian unit in this scenario, and an early loss, falling to a sniper, will seriously compromise the Romanian defense.
0: This is boring. Yeah, this is really boring. Can we read something else? Yeah. Please?
1: All right, all right. That was worth a shot.
0: Bandwidth for the two half-squads is made possible by the C4 Corner Cutter. Spend more time gaming, less time clipping with the C4 Corner Cutter. And by Listener Contributions. Thanks for your donations. Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of the two half-squads. It's the one and only
1: podcast dedicated 100% to pure... Dungeons and Dragons. Delicious
0: nummy nummy asl delicious asl right and we have a tasty serving for you tonight of advanced squad leader i am jeff and i'm dave and we are your hosts as usual sorry we haven't been replaced yet the producer's been trying to find uh replacements for us there's a talent search out but there's a there's a big contest now who wants to be obscure and unknown (laughs) 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 and they are they are lining up for this job but until then you're stuck with us so good to be back we had fun last episode didn't we dave we did and this is episode 20 yeah and the date is june 10th yeah 2009 2009 there's uh that's numerological in some way i don't know how but it is you know it's
1: episode 20 we passed um 40 000 hits total on our podcast yeah
0: which is amazing
1: it looks like we have uh over a thousand people hitting episodes one through four so once again we don't know how many of you are out there someday we'll make some effort to find out yeah
0: let's uh do a show of hands everybody we, we did who's that already list- oh we did that okay <laughs> we did okay oh we're already starting to recycle jokes yeah, we oh, thought yeah, nobody would not, notice mm-hmm. yeah you know they'll catch us they'll catch us on that episode 19 was was a lot of fun um you know what i noticed though
1: what do we what do we what do we do on that? What did we do
0: 19? on um, That was oh, uh, Rally Ho. Yeah, Rally Ho. We had preparation H, Rally Ho. That very good uh, history report that you did. Oh, of my uncle, Of yes. your uncle, which was excellent.
1: <clears throat> and a little box art review, remufi-
0: <laughs> if you remember correctly. It's. I'm surprised <laughs> you remember anything else. You only remember the box art. <laughs> but you know what I noticed? We do get a lot of nice listener mail, but nobody ever comments on our our little comedy routines we put at the beginning of the show. And so I'm wondering, what if does that mean? you can't say
1: anything nice, don't <laughs> say anything at all. <laughs> well, we had two comments. The one person commented on my my son's work, and right. the other person...
0: Somebody else did comment on... Oh, when, when I did the uh, April Fool's joke... That it was oh, the they, end of the show, and we weren't going to do any more shows. Somebody commented they on that believed one. Believed it, yeah. But all of that uh, heavy-duty production and all the time <laughs> and effort we put into those comedy routines, which is like three minutes per show. Although, no, well, no. so it, I don't know. I, I don't know if people like it or not. They have they have sound
1: effects and they have to be
0: thought yeah. up and so on. Of course, it's theater of the mind.
1: You know, let's see. You come up with a out there listeners come up with a better ASL joke. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a narrow topic. But,
0: yeah. Well, we'd like to know. If anybody likes those, uh, we'd like to know. And if you don't like it, well, there's something seriously wrong with you. By the way, I, I think we may never have credit,
1: credited the listener who actually kind of came up with the idea of the dog of Charlie being um, growling at me when I was cheating.
0: And oh, I, that was somebody I, came yes, up with that idea? Listener actually that was not it, an original and, and I, idea. And
1: I forgot to credit you, and my apologies. I'll try and get that on next show.
0: Okay.
1: On to listener mail?
0: Yeah, listener mail. Do-do-do-do-do-do. You want to start?
1: Well, sure. Great podcast. This weekend, I got to meet the great John Hill, the designer of the original squad leader. He's a heck of a nice guy, too. After getting an autograph and talking about games, I mentioned the two half squads. I hope I wasn't too forward, but mentioned if he'd like to do an interview. He said yes, so you might like to try
0: to contact him. Signed, Corporal All wow and we will won't we we definitely will we that would be like that'd be like having barbara streisand on i mean big that's big big. yeah it's very big
1: although of course we got this email like two or three weeks ago and we haven't moved on it yet have we
0: well (laughs) we're kind of slow here We're a little bit slow as you know a little bit but uh, that would be an amazing thing to have that guy on and what has he done where is he where is he now
1: Yeah, I know he went from designing the original squad leader to doing um, Johnny Reb uh, miniatures Civil War game, which is very good design also.
0: Mm. Well, we'll see. We'd like to do that. Uh, Let's see. I've got a letter here. Oh, I've got a number. Well, I'll start with this one. This is nice. This is from uh, Jim Burns, who is the St. Louis Advanced Squad Leader Tournament Director. And he wrote in and invited us both to come to the St. Louis Tournament, which is... Which is coming up on uh, in the near future. I think it's the first weekend of August. I gotta look that up. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's when it is. So he's invited us to the tournament. He's listened to our podcasts and finds them very entertaining. Uh, you've interviewed a number of ASL players, and mm-hmm. I know that I know. I have played Bob Holmstrom, who used to live in St. Louis, and he's a great guy. It'd be great if you could make it down to the tournament this year. Well, that would be fun.
1: The topic's on the table at this point. Yeah. Whereas a few weeks ago it was not even on the table. Yeah, it was
0: not even on the table. So. But we're we're thinking about it. So we could actually, um, you know, it'd be fun is to rent a train and get all the squad leader players from uh, Chicago to go down on a tr- on the hey. train. Hey, and well, couldn't we just buy tickets? for Amtrak? Oh yeah, we don't have to buy the whole train. Right. Yeah. Okay, we could hijack a train. I, don't even say those things. This, this is a, this is the age of the Patriot Act, Jeff. It's dangerous. Yeah, I got to be careful. Um, so he would uh, he'd like to have us come down. So we're going to think about that. We'll let you know. Thanks, Jim, for that. What do you got, Dave?
1: I have a letter from David Lessenberry. Even though I'm a pre-ASL player, I love your podcast and have been listening regularly since episode twelve. Keith Dalton interview part one. Recently I went back and listened from the beginning to episode 18 that included episode 2. One of the episodes featuring Joe contained some discussion of the original 1977 squad leader game. The basic consensus was that the pre-ASL games were probably a waste of time and money better spent elsewhere. That is what we said.
0: Yeah. If you're just like if you're just getting into the hobby or if you're in the hobby now, should Should you go back and buy the old squad leader? And we were saying no.
1: We're saying no. But he says, although I'm sympathetic to some of the gang's reasons, I felt that I had to defend the honor of my favorite game. Attached, please find a short argument in favor of using the original squad leader as a gateway game. Please feel free to read any or all of this on your podcast. If you're looking for future guests, I'd be more than happy to weigh in on ASL from the perspective of a lifetime gamer who's lurked on the fringes of ASL for about 20 years. He's also an avid pistol collector competitor, and you'd be more than happy to discuss small arms of World oh. War II. Remember him?
0: I thought you were going to say he would shoot us if he didn't have us on. <laughs> no, I'd but, like you to invite me on. And I collect guns. You know, and now he says attached. I don't think I
1: opened the attachment and read the rest of the letter. But I'll get back to that. Uh, I actually show. did. Oh, you did? Yeah, it was quite fascinating. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, for example, he's fairly certain that my, my uncle, Dave's uncle, had one of two Browning designs. Either a Fabrique Nationale M10 or a Fabrique Nationale PH35, from David Lessenberg. He knows his stuff. He might be interested. Was in that a, what his sidearm? Was that? Yes. Oh, Remember, okay. my uncle had one that we talked about last yeah. year.
0: Yeah. How about that? I did not know that. <laughs> you oh. did not. I thought everybody in the. Uh, I thought all the Americans carried the 45. See, I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything. This was the one he captured. I'm only 16 years old. That's one. Oh, the one in captured. game in oh. game
1: terms, you're about two years
0: old. Yeah, right? I'm, yeah. In game terms, I'm two years old. I'm an absolute infant. Uh, correct. But it makes me all that more endearing and adorable and cute. Yes, yeah, absolutely so cute, so cute. <laughs> coochie coochie coochie. Um, don't you just want to hug me when you hear me? No, when you hear my voice, my sweet naivete. Uh, hi guys, nice work. Loved the Aesop piece. By the way, I think when you scrounge, you always get a light machine gun because medium machine guns and heavy machine guns had better optics and mounts to make them more stable and more accurate. That's from Kevin A. So that uh, could very well be the case. In fact, Dave is looking that up right even as we speak. Aren't you, Dave?
1: Yes, I am. I'm over here now. In the meantime, Jeff, you may want to go to the Coupa Coupola.
0: Oh, yeah. While Dave is doing that, I'll entertain you. I won't play the accordion while he's looking that up. That would be too entertaining. But we did have, uh, I did post on the website some discussion. We were having some discussion on the pronunciation of the uh, upper part of tanks and also the upper parts of homes where they stick um, wind vanes and things like that. And we are talking about the pronunciation of cupola and asked people how they pronounced it. We have uh, Sly Frog, I don't know if that's his real name, wrote in and said, "I uh, actually, I think it's cupola the cu part has an oo sound as in pool the o in the po part is a long o so cupo and the la part is a short a so that's his cupola and that's that's how i pronounce it uh, then cam writes in and he says it's cupola which i think that's how you do it right dave cupola yeah, yes that's All how you right. pronounce it cupola i'd like a couple of beers right now um, and then Will Marrero writes in, the, says the coup is in, as in coup d'etat, po as in the red Teletubby. Well, I have no idea what that is. And la as in the note that follows so. So in his case, it would be uh, coupola. Coup d'etat, yeah, coupola. And, um, and, <laughs> and then refusing to get into the discussion, Andy writes in and uh, asks us uh, tells us about the Croix de Guerre, which was our which was our box art review last time. Croix de Guerre is pronounced Croix de Gar, or something close to that. I don't know about Cupola though. Thanks for writing in anyway, though, Andy. That was not helpful, but <laughs> it was entertaining. Croix de Guerre, which of course means what? What is that? how does that translate, Dave? Quote Croix de Guerre, the Cross of Glory. Really?
1: No. Okay, well, maybe that, that
0: might be. Uh, uh, is I know Gare is uh, French for war. So when uh, cross when, of when war. you say so, it's I think it's must be cross of war. Yeah, probably yeah, cross of war.
1: And I looked it up, and uh, scrounging is an LMG. Okay, so he is correct, and that is a great way to remember. Ding it. ding ding. The optics and the fixed mounts or whatever they go that make it a more effective machine gun are left behind in the vehicle. So you're just pulling out an LMG of that nationality.
0: So that was very good on that, uh, Kevin, Kevin A. And what does he win, Dave? He wins a new car. No.
1: A new refrigerator. He wins this DM counter that I have right here. But
0: he's got to drive over here and pick it up. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, we can't afford the postage. Uh, One more from Martin. Hey, guys. I left you a small donation for the shirt, which was nice. Thank you. We still have a couple shirts left. Once again, thanks for all your great work and please keep it coming. By the way, I'm sorry to inform you that your French is terrible. Hmm. A little tip. Croix de guerre should be pronounced like you s- ask for a croissant. Or as I call it, a croissant. <laughs> Cruise missile. So, Cru de guerre. So, I'm, I'm a little, ins- I'm a little insulted that he does not like our French. Oh, well. Too bad for him. Yes, oui, oui. Wee oui, wee, oui. all the way home. Oh, uh, what else do you have there?
1: Zoot I have missed
0: one. <laughs> now you don't know that reference, do you? No, and you didn't know Teletubby, did you? Teletubby? No, I mean you I know really... I know there is something called a Teletubby, but I, I don't. <laughs> See, I never watch. It. I have smaller kids than Jeff, so I know Teletubbies, and, yeah, I, I'm sorry. and I know
1: that reference to a Disney. Film. Sorry. For, from also from martin that same gentleman who was doing the pronunciation first le- and foremost let me congratulate you guys on your excellent podcast they're always informative and extremely fun to listen to
0: is he sure i see is he really talking about our podcast
1: i and I, informative? I think he's being sarcastic okay and i'm a new asl player brought on board with the starter kits another new asl player i think there's a lot of them. good man good man And your show was the driving force that made me take the leap from starter kit to full ASL. Excellently done. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, that's great. MMP, there's some more sales for you. Yeah. Um, As a small thanks to you guys, I would love to get one of your t-shirts. I'm in Canada and I was wondering how much it would cost me to get one. Well, he um, obviously didn't know about the fire sale, Jeff. We still have a a few larges and like one or two mediums. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is it. So if you want one, they are... On sale right now, it'd be seventeen dollars for continental United States,
0: and twenty-seven for international sales. So, Martin is he probably the only one, the only person in Canada that has a two half squads T-shirt? Yes. No. Wow. I actually shipped three or four. Oh, you to have Canada? Okay. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. They'll be bumping into each other all over the place. They it's such a <laughs> they small would be area, about, about a small, <laughs> small ASL world. So you know they might. That would be funny though if you're walking like through an airport, and you see another guy with a two half squads T-shirt. You definitely have to stop and talk. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, or run. Any more letters, Jeff? Oh, oh, maybe I do. I was putting this away. Um. Oh yeah, I can see why. I can see why you urged me to look again. Oh, I don't know what from one it Will. Is. Yeah. Thanks for bringing the art review back. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Will. (laughs) If you run out of art, might I suggest World War II movie reviews? And we talked about that in
1: the very early show, remember? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And someday we might get to that, but not right now. Yeah. Is that our thinking?
0: Don't limit yourself to land warfare, though. My My favorites are naval battles, like Midway. Well, and actually, uh, I have been watching a lot of World War II. I've been going, I, I think I mentioned this, I went to Blockbuster and I've been working my way through uh, what they have in World War II movies. And boy, I've seen some real stinkers. <laughs> I mean, there are some really bad ones from, out there. From like the 40s during the war? Uh, no, the ones from the 40s are not too bad. The one from the 60s, a lot of the ones from the 60s. Really? Aren't. Well, like, they're like B movies. There are some okay, B movies. Okay, yeah. There Can was one with uh, Mickey Rooney and Robert Mitchum's son. I can't remember what it's called now, but it's a lot of... Uh, Close combat warfare in, uh, in the Philippines. And it was actually shot on location in the Philippines, but it's, um, it's not too good. And then uh, just the other day, I watched one called Hell in the Pacific. Can I say hell on this show? You can. Show? Yes. Uh, hell right. in the Pacific, which was uh, with Lee Marvin and Toshiro Mifune, who is a very famous uh, Japanese actor, no longer alive, who starred in The Seven Samurai Yojimbo, and many other Akira Kurosawa movies. But anyway, uh, so it was about this uh, Japanese soldier and an American Marine stranded on the same island together.
1: Oh, so it's got a little more story there than just being a war film. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it was uh, kind of interesting. But I'm not going to give a review on it because I didn't prepare anything for that. So anyway, thanks, Will. Uh, And finally, one from Morgan Merchant in Bristol, Indiana. Let me thank you for the wonderful podcast. I've been a squad leader fan since the early 80s. I'm just now getting into ASL with the starter kits. Um, I know, so advanced squad leader, he's just getting now with the starter kits. I know on the last show you would uh, not discuss your other games, but curious fans want to know. I started with Dungeons and Dragons in 1979. My brother and I played many Avalon Hill games growing up. We had an affection for the large, complicated games. Squad Leader and Starfleet Battles being our favorites. Now with families and many time constraints, we're lucky to sneak in a few quick Euro card games here and there. Every other Tuesday, my brother and I have big game night to work on longer games. So, if it's uh, in the future, how about a quick extra to discuss other games? And what do you think, Jeff?
1: Other games? Nah. No. 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 (laughs) <laughs> no yeah, they, they still creep no. in as references yeah um like i was just what was i doing jeff while we were editing yeah actually while show? we
0: were editing we, we have a very interesting uh interview coming up but while we were doing that dave was painting miniatures and you you are amazing with that you should see dave's basement well, we should you. we should put a picture of your basement in here <laughs> miniatures <laughs> well, kind of miniatures junkie, miniatures, but... miniatures dave uh, about four times a year hosts a uh, miniatures night with about 10 guys Come yeah. and
1: so we played Desperado, and that's about as far as we'll go with other game systems, right? Okay, yeah, I'll stop talking. Then. There's other oh. guys who do
0: those podcasts. Yeah, I, I think it's more of just uh, people like to know what else fits in briefly with the squad Yeah, yeah we we don't need to talk in depth.
1: But. Yeah, but if you are interested in other games discussed thoroughly, there are several other yeah, podcasts of course, out there.
0: Of course. But. All right, that's it for letters. Yes, thank you, listeners, for all your support. Let me talk to you personally for a minute, squad leader players. Are you embarrassing yourselves by going out in public, to tournaments, even having people into your home, and you have raggedy corners on your squad leader counters? Look, there's no excuse for displaying that way anymore. You're all grown up. It's time to clip your corners. And uh, there's no excuse for borrowing your wife or your girlfriend's favorite toenail clippers to do the job. And there's no excuse for sitting around hour after hour clipping all those corners. Look, it's the 21st century. Get with the program. Spend 20 bucks and get a C4 Corner Cutter. The C4 Corner Cutter will help you prepare an ordinary game in about an hour. Even a big game in an evening. The C4 Corner Cutter clips square counters, rectangular counters, even counters from games that aren't squad leader. So I don't know why you're delaying. Get with the program. Start your life anew. Get a C4 Corner Cutter. It's $20. Check the link on today's show notes or on the Two Half Squads webpage. And now it's time for What's in the Box. And we have a very special edition of What's in the Box tonight. We sure do. Oh, what is that, Jeff? This is a beautiful thing. This is... Oh he's opening it I'm up opening it up I'm very very excited about this and for those of you that really do listen to the show and and pay attention oops hope I didn't break it this has been uh there's been a component a key component of the show that's been missing over the last few episodes but it is back thanks to David and his and his deft fingers uh on, oh, yeah, on. yeah well yeah on the phone yeah oh, and here awesome.
1: it is How about a beer
0: it's back. Oh. Yeah, it's back. So. Oh. Right
1: right what's your foam. Oh. The foam almost went
0: into the soundboard. All right. So we popped the top on a beer and had some. We were experiencing some real chemistry happening. The foam almost went into the
1: soundboard. Uh oh. You know what that would have meant, listeners? You would have all had to
0: remake your donations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to buy a new soundboard. Oh Well, thanks for buying that, Dave. And for those of you uh, that would like one of these great bottle openers, this is the Three Stooges Talking Beer Opener. It's not just a bottle opener. It's a beer opener. I don't think it opens Coke <laughs> it does, bottles does or anything. It that. It say that. It will only open right. beer bottles. Uh, so you can go online and get those. Uh, how much was that? Eight hundred dollars. Um, eight bucks $8. with some shipping. We paid yeah, for that out of our own pockets. Bucks.
1: Yes, we yes. did.
0: And um, just now, I opened a bottle of tonight's featured brew, which I guess is a. Um, this is a repeat. I must have had too many of these last time because I <laughs> forgot about this. But I, you know, I don't. Honestly, I don't go back and listen. Twenty to the past shows episodes. ago, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is Monty Python's Holy Ale, tempered. Over burning witches, the Holy Grail Ale, and uh, nice looking bottle. This is brewed by the Black Sheep Brewing Company in Masham, Yorkshire, yes, and England.
1: Actually, and a guy responded to us in an email and told us that he uh, was familiar with that area. Oh yeah, I
0: remember that. So, oh. yeah. So, uh, do you have any? Do you have glass? I will go get them. All right. I'll wait. And you while we're in. yeah, and while we're waiting. While Dave goes and gets the glasses. Uh, we can start talking about our um, scenario report, and I have a very good scenario report. Uh, well, <laughs> good, in the in in the sense that I really enjoyed this scenario. Um, Joe and I got together last week, uh, two weeks ago, I guess, and played a selection from the Schwerpunkt series. This particular one is from Schwerpunkt Volume Three. Here comes Dave with the glasses. Tally ho! Hey. Thank you so much. Uh, Joe and I played a Schwerpunk scenario, SP-27, Sudden Fury. I had to look at this twice. I thought it said suddenly furry. No, but Sudden Fury, which was really a fun scenario. Dave, how do you think this would lay out? Now, I'll tell you how this goes. This has got uh, 10 Churchill tanks. This takes place in uh, July of 1944. So 10 Churchill tanks against three German Panzerjägers. 10 Churchills? hmm Against three German Panzerjägers.
1: Uh, what is the Panzerjäger again? The t- uh, hunting tank? Yes, Panzerjäger no, is a tank hunter. What's the gun Yeah, size?
0: It's 88LL. Oh, yeah. A kill number of 27 on mm-hmm. the Panzer wide Yager. open
1: board. Where
0: is this? Uh, this takes place. Um, two boards, board four and board 11. Just picture those in your head. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they're not desert boards. Well, board, no, they're not desert boards. Four board is
1: like a hills or a city. No,
0: board four is pretty flat. Um, just some uh, grain, uh, yeah, some grain, some trees here and there, a couple houses here and there. 11 is dominated by two first level hills. Okay. And then that's pretty much it. And the the British tanks, they have to set up on one hill. And they have to set up on the edge of the hill. Okay. Four of them need to set up right on the leading edge of the hill. They could set up hull down. down. They okay. set up hull down, but they're setting up on the leading edge of this hill. The other six can, can be back or on any other portion of the hill that they want. And the British sets up first. So once they've set up, then the Germans can set up. And, of course, those... British tanks are just City sitting talks, up at the top I mean, of the hill, even though they're hauled yeah. down. Um, Joe took some shots he just with his Panzerjägers and just he blew the, blew.
2: the heck on well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and he gets yeah. to go first. <laughs> yes, he did. And he gets to go first. And with a to kill number of 27 and a 14-armor, um, a on one of the Churchill's, an 11-armor. Let's see. No, it's an inferior turret also. Uh-huh. So it's an 8-armor on the other one. So a hit is a kill. Yeah, a hit is a kill. Well, then and, then he just, and he just wiped me out. But it was really a fun scenario because I, I, I felt like it was kind of one of those, God, what would happen if you had like 10 Churchill's? So those Panzerjägers are tough things. You know, their armor is 15, I think, on them. Let me just look here. Or is it 16? Where did I put that? And what's ah, the, here we go. What's the Church? Yeah, eighteen. Eighteen armor. Yeah. On the Panzer Jaeger.
1: What's the Churchill's gun? Seven The Churchill
0: gun is seventy-five, yeah. so that's a yeah. seventeen, I think. Maybe around there. The kill number, something like that. Somebody probably thought, what well, what would it be like if you had only three of these Panzer Jaegers and like ten Churchills? So, Wouldn't yeah. that be fun? Well, yeah. no. Because <laughs> 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 so, your Churchills are gonna get destroyed. How did the game progress? Well, uh, after he quickly took out the first, he took out three of the, the of the ones on the hill right away. I was able to protect the fourth one by firing smoke at it uh, from one of the other Churchills that was farther back. Then I was able to start it up and back it out of that area. But he came rumbling along, uh, pretty good movement factors on the Panzerjägers, you know, 15. He came rumbling along up that hill, got up that hill and just, I mean, he was just killing me. He took out another three tanks, I think we decided to call it a day. Even though um, I had taken two of the tanks and backed them into the woods. Okay.
1: Because the cover. victory
0: conditions are, he's got to get at least one Panzer Jaeger off my edge of the board. Okay. I have to have uh, at least two Churchills with functioning main armament that are able to see uh, a certain hex.
1: Okay, so you have to preserve... You don't have to kill him. Although I don't you have could to kill, kill him. him to win. I could, that yes, would prevent him from yes. exiting.
0: But no, but I couldn't. Every two shot the I took. Goal just is bounced well, off. you had to
1: swarm him. You got to get side yeah. and rear shots. So, right, you either have to run right, or you have to get the sides and swarm a vehicle. Yeah. But with three of those vehicles, if he doesn't bunch them all together, which he didn't, someone would always be supporting the other one. Yeah. and it would be hard to get in there.
0: Yeah. So I, I think actually that's probably a good idea. Next time I'll try swarming or I'm gonna try the runaway tactic. Right and try Staying to just in get, and try to just get back up into my victory position uh, on the last turn. Now my but p- it's a nice short scenario, it's four and a half turns, so it plays really quick.
1: And yeah, my my play has been getting a little better I think since we've I've been playing opponents like Holmstrom and Jack Murphy and these guys. Um Spilky did it have any smoke pots or smoke, you know, SDs yes. on the back to throw? So yes. if you're staying in motion, you can throw those right. kind
0: of smoke things too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. can throw smoke. Could also um, beg for mercy. <laughs> but it was it was fun. It moved faster. There's no infantry in this at all. It's all just armor, and uh, so no snipers. It was fun. i quick, look- quick setup and and fun to play. I've been looking at some of the. Um, Bonsai newsletters from
1: that Texas club. Yeah. And I think next show we'll have an interview with the Mike Showstack. That's right. Um, but they have these c- comedy issues, and they have some funny scenarios. And one of them is Driving Miss Daisy, and there's a Jeep. And it's like four desert boards. And the Jeep has to cross. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. I haven't Cro- read that Well, one. they're just joke scenarios, yeah. But, yeah, it's got to cross for like four <laughs> boards, and there's like one... German vehicle out there (laughs) hunting it down, (laughs) driving Miss Daisy. That's pretty good. So those guys do a good job, and we're going to interview him next show. Yeah, that's that's a good one. So is it my turn for? Yeah. Do
0: you have a scenario report?
1: Yeah, and it's well, since I've been doing the acapella,
0: acapella, 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 acapella. We decided we decided it rhymes with acapella the way. The way our the person we're interviewing tonight, the surprise interview, surprise interview. Oh, we already said what it was.
1: And so what I chose was the other game that I did that was not one of the HP scenarios, and that was with you, Jeff. Yes, agony at Arnatovo. AP twenty three. The Italian everyone knows we're trying to play through the Italian scenarios we actually got a half a game in we paused for about an hour or maybe we're trying to two play or, them
0: and we were yeah we after actually, after a year of talking about it we got halfway through the first one
1: and we did remember we did stop and talk for a while that night that's right mid-game. We mid-game but um what i liked about it was it's got the russians it's almost like two two games in one the russians come on initially okay initially jeff's italians are holding Board 43, well there's 43 and 41 adjacent, but board 41 has the hills with a river and the roads going through there and there, uh, sunken roads in in between there. It's a fairly popular
0: board or famous board. Where does this uh, scenario take place?
1: I'm sorry, this Mm -hmm. is Russia. Oh, in Russia. 1943, Damn. January. I knew that. And Jeff had set up, uh, if you have the board and are looking at it, it's um, Hex rows R through GG here on 43. And I sent, like, three squads and a leader around his flank to come across this river. And I have to clear him out of all these buildings on the left side of the river. And then I sent a force straight up the middle. And do you remember that, Jeff, your AT gun? What it did to me over here in these wood he was just pounding me. Oh yeah. He had rate of fire, rate yeah, of fire, lots half of Hit your yep. sniper, hit like three or four things. Yeah, was, sweet. Took out a leader that was with these guys getting pounded by the AT gun. My meager forces coming up the middle were, were just getting broken and but they started to break in anyway. And then the forces from the from the right flank trying to cross the river. I swung all the way near the back jumped across and there's this one hill hex and i'm like no nah, he's too much of a rookie he won't cover that with anything if and he had a hidden guy and sure enough there he was so he hit me crossing the river and uh broke everyone in the stack yeah i broke the whole stack and the leader three squads yeah. and a leader and yeah. they routed her back up into this woods right next to the river and i'm like oh this is practically over i i, I was feeling really good at that point and suddenly um jeff didn't get across the river to attack my guys that went into the woods i don't think he would have made it in a turn anyway no i don't think i would have. and then my middle forces started pushing up and yeah. broke the at gun crew and then they moved up the hill you got your tanks up through the middle of that the t- on that oh, road and that really made a difference yeah did i vehicle bypass freeze anybody
2: I I needed to. No. No, I just started to break them. Yeah.
1: Then he revealed his artillery gun, which was a hex behind the AT gun, and that crew broke immediately. Mm -hmm. And then the buildings opened wide up, and I started flooding across the hill. Yeah. Paused to fight a little bit. The guys in the woods rallied the next round, I think, or half of them did, and they started coming back across the river. And at this point, miraculously, the Russians are in possession of both hills. Yeah, totally. All almost all the buildings. Yeah,
0: you've totally pushed me off.
1: And Jeff's got a little group that are now crossing the river to get away from this area. Right. That I just come into, and yet in this scenario, yes, ten elite Italian Alpini regiments are coming on four four sevens, ten of them, a ten neg two leader. Yeah. And I am all spread out now.
0: Blessed by the Pope.
1: Blessed by the Pope, and I'm in the D.C., well, that's, you know, here and there. But uh, and I'm I'm all spread out trying to hold now all these houses back. So yeah. we've got our inst- second game of it coming up. You know, it's so really, can, one.
0: control of the hill has, has fallen from me to you, and now I've got a couple of turns. How many? Well, I've got uh, quite a few turns left. I You've know, got at I least five one.
1: left, I yeah. think.
0: Five turns to try to retake that. So this should be... Uh, really interesting
1: yeah and don't give up because that 10.92 liter yeah and 10 of these 447s yeah can really bust up some stacks real fast and get you right into that yeah
0: yeah so we're gonna put put you on the run dave yeah you is that my italian accent you're gonna try we are gonna try to take you down You'll see. You're gonna need all the luck you got. Wait a minute! It's, uh, suddenly it's sounding like Lawrence Welk. <laughs> You'll see. Yes, the friends, Dave and Jeff, are gonna play. <laughs> Sorry, I, can, I I gotta practice my accents more. I keep getting them all mixed up. Well, we've got it. We've got a, a guy on tonight uh, with a really good accent. I thought very cool accent. Yeah. yeah. And, and very realistic. He really stays in character. Like, he did throughout a nice job. Yeah. <laughs> Should we go to the interview? Let's go to the interview. We're going to be interviewing um Lars, Lars Turing. Lars Turing, right? Developer, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I like the head, the head
1: organizer developer. Yeah.
0: Um the a cappella, uh, module, which is going to be coming out from MMP before the end of the year, we're hoping. We're so hoping. We're hoping. Let's uh, cheers. Let's go to the interview. Let's go. Let's go to the interview. Okay.
2: Yeah. Let's welcome
0: to we uh, welcoming via the miracle of Skype and at the speed of light. We're welcoming Lars. Lars, I'm sorry, Lars. What is your last name?
2: It's Touring.
1: Touring. Oh, I've been pronouncing it Thoring to my friends, yeah. but Touring. No
2: problem. And Silent H. W-
1: Lars is, um, I did, haven't met Lars, but I've I become acquainted with Lars through emails and by playtesting for the new module, Hakapele, which I never say correctly. So, can you tell us how to say it?
2: Uh, I would pronounce it Hakapele. If Haka... you speak with someone from from Finland, they would say Hakapele, I think. Okay. Sorry, that... sorry to all the Finnish speakers out there. <laughs>
1: Um, Well, we thought we'd start with your personal gaming background.
2: Okay, Uh, I think it started when I was 13, and the whole family was on on a trip to London, and there's a big uh, Toy Story, and we walked past it, and uh, there was a big box with a a German uh, tank on the outside, and uh, I use I also build plastic models, so we stopped and looked at it, and it turned out to be a game. And uh, I was only thirteen, so we had uh, a small discussion with my parents, and uh, eventually I was allowed to take it with me, and it was uh, Panzerblitz.
0: Ah, yes.
2: Yeah. Do you but, still have it,
0: Do you still have that copy of Panzerblitz?
2: Uh, I still have the the counters, not the box. Oh.
0: Not the box.
2: i I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a man after oh, no. my own heart.
0: <laughs> now, See that getting rid of the boxes has international appeal.
2: No, no, it wasn't on oh. purpose. And actually, when uh, when uh, a- Avalon Hill was uh, sold uh, to Hasbro, they had a big sellout, and I got a mint copy just to have the box. Oh, yeah. oh okay, that's great.
1: And so, <laughs> from, <laughs> from Panzer Blitz, you got into what other games?
2: Uh, well. I think it was five or six pages of rules, but uh, it was far too complicated for us. We ended up using just the counters and and, uh, the combat results table and using the boards from a different game, uh, a family game in Sweden, with just buildings and streets on them.
1: Not Monopoly?
2: Uh, not Monopoly. It's a, it's a game where one one player is uh, police and the other guy is just crooks going around and trying to rob banks, and the police guy has to catch the, the thieves before they get back home. So, so you put tanks on that? We put tanks on that one. <laughs> and uh, after that one, we uh, we really liked it, and we got some magazines with advertisement and the next one after that was uh, a monster game called uh, Drang nach Osten. I don't remember who did it, but it was uh, a thousand of pieces and the whole Eastern Front. And uh, that one we actually played uh, uh, according to the rules, taking Christmas uh, holidays and other vacations from school and playing under the Christmas tree, basically.
1: <laughs> and it, that was called Dragon Horseman?
2: No, Drang nach Austin. Oh, I, think, I think it's uh, something like, uh, right. no, it's not uh, wanting to go east or something like that in okay. Germany. It was about Barbarossa. Yes. And uh, at that time we also got uh, stumbled on the first general and it was the grey one with uh, the f- initial advertisement for a squad leader. So that looked really interesting and i got it when when i could in in london again on another trip and uh, took it with me home and unpacked it and uh, uh, i was i was a member in a, in a chess club playing tournament chess and i i spoke to them about this this game and uh, you could there were tanks and machine guns and everything and they wanted to try it out as well and uh, well one or two scenarios later we were all hooked it's, uh, we, we, we played uh, the initial scenarios, and I think it's in scenario three, when the tanks come aboard, we were all, wow, oh, amazing. And uh, so we, we played, played all of the scenarios. We played a lot of um, design your own, because we were free players a lot of the times, so and then we would just divide into two or three sides and play.
0: Did you pull out that, um, that same board that you used before with the buildings and the crooks? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh. We,
2: we stayed we stayed with the real ones, the oh, original ones. Yeah. And, uh, well, we played that. We played a lot of other games, but lots of squad leader. And when ASL was published, I was just moving to a different city in Sweden. So I lost uh, all the guys I was playing with and, and just bought uh, the modules and the rules. So I went to a convention in Göteborg, uh, in Sweden, and uh, they had a room where they were playing advanced squad leader, so I thought I would just go there and and watch a little, but uh, I got into it in the middle of the the defensive fire phase, and I I couldn't get into it. They they were marked having done defensive fire, and they are firing again, and it was just a huge block. And, uh, well, a couple of years later, I moved to Germany, where I live now, that was in 89, and uh, I continued to buy stuff at this got out, and uh, then I think it was in 96 I discovered internet, and I found uh, uh, a mailing list dedicated to ASL, and I've, I at first I was a bit suspicious because you heard a lot of funny things about internet, and uh, a mailing list that's dedicated to this game, it was... Uh, Unbelievable. Yeah,
0: I remember that too. I've I've met most of my current adult friends through the internet. I hate to say it, but
2: it is the truth. And
1: and the ones that stalk him when he leaves yeah. the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: it's it's yeah. weird. It's, it's really weird. Yeah, it's a wonderful and, thing. Uh, yeah, and uh, then I picked up that you could play via email. So instead of using Vassal, which wasn't around yet, we uh, send... We just wrote down all the moves in, in emails and sent them to the opponent, and he would just scroll uh, carefully through the email and do the moves as they were listed. And uh, on his, We had two setups, so I would have one setup, and the other side would have one board setup in his place as well. And uh, You would just scroll through it, and when something happened, you would uh, write the answers in and send it back. And uh, that's how I started playing ASL.
1: And then did your opponents always roll snake eyes on you with that method?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I don't think so. There, there was nothing ever, uh, I say, that felt awkward. They were always or,
1: fair. Or, I, I think I remember reading in the general that there was a system where you could use, if you both had a phone book of the same publication, you could somehow... Um, like open the page and and there be numbers and they used it to to generate dice rolls, but I just remember vaguely reading about that because people were trying to come up with ways of of doing the die rolling, you know, through the email and stuff. But so yeah, Vassal really good. So you play on Vassal now though, huh?
2: Mm. Yeah, and uh, it it worked well. I remember I I once when I I rolled a, <laughs> a snake eye on an important roll, I felt uh, this is. <laughs> This is so going feel like I'm cheating. So
1: <laughs> did you change it to a three instead yeah, of a?
2: Uh, yeah, I changed it actually.
0: <laughs> you did?
2: But wow! Yeah, I can see that. I, I mean, wow. No, I can see that. Yeah, it was vitally important, and I rolled it. And I, first, I just looked on the dice, and uh, ah, I can't send this enough. It's. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah I can understand that. That's true. Yeah. And so, and, no, go ahead.
2: And after that, uh, someone set up a way to play. We had via chatting so it would be like uh, online chatting but it had uh, it had uh, built in scripts for the dice roll so instead of uh, typing the moves into emails you would sit uh, online and uh, with the board next to you and then you would just uh, write down the moves press return the other guy does the move sends uh, ok back or just a dot to, to show he's done it and uh, you would play that that would be uh, really interactive and uh, that was it. Was great.
0: At this time, when you were doing the play by email and the, by chatting, were, did you also have face-to-face opponents that you could meet up with, or were you having a problem when you got to Germany finding other players?
2: Yeah, I did actually. I I went to a shop in in uh, in Hamburg to see what uh, games they had because I walked past it when it was closed and I saw they had uh, other Avalon Hill games like Titan and things like that. So I thought I would come back and ask about ASL and I looked through the shop and there were all the other games survival and and whatever and uh, so I asked them if they knew another shop uh, where you could buy uh, I was looking for ASL and they said oh we have it you just have to follow us it's here in the back room oh they have to keep it hidden (laughs) yeah it was like you know you're going into a dirty shop or something and if you know what you want you can follow into the back room back here with the adult games (laughs) yeah but there, I had it, and uh, so I asked them if they knew anybody who was playing it, and they said they knew about uh, three or four guys, but, but
1: they, they kept, were not. They kept them in the basement or something. Yeah,
2: <laughs> they kept them up. In, in the cellar. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't. They were not looking for anyone, and uh, the first, uh, I think, the first real event for me was I found out that there was a, a tournament in in Sweden, and it was in uh, Linköping, which is about. Yeah, in the middle of Sweden somewhere. So I thought I'd, I'd go down and see what it was about, and came into a playing room, and there were all these guys, and they were just talking ASL and playing ASL, and you, you sit down and play, and then you hear someone screaming from the next room, oh, fast, critical hit, wow. <laughs> that, was, that was good, and after that, I, was, I, I went to tournaments. I'm mostly a tournament player. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I,
1: Well, then, should we segue to um, getting, you're getting connected with MMP and getting this uh, great game that I'm playtesting for you, um, slowly, but I'm going to speed up the pace for you. Um, Mm -hmm. How did you get the connection with MMP?
2: Uh, It was also via the the mailing list. So there was, uh, I think it was an email from Kurt Schilling who asked for uh, scenarios or or information for armies of oblivion at that time, and and uh, so there's Swedish tank work who were used by the Hungarians, and I wrote him and I had some information on this and collected some more on the different models and sent him. And by the way, the fins are wrong, <laughs> something like this. They need to be changed as well. And and uh, talked with him a little about it and uh, yeah, described that the machine guns were all wrong and uh, nothing happened and then uh, I I continued to call uh, correct information I wrote to an armor museum in Finland and got a list of all the tanks and so on and then I got back to him and uh, he liked it he wanted to redo it and put it into the uh, into the same box as the other thing and uh, another Finnish guy had contacted him at the same time and I hooked up with him as well and then I went to the, uh, I think it was the first Finnish ASL tournament as well to see if there was someone who was interested, and I met up with uh, Tuomo Lukari and, and two other guys who are not involved any longer, but they were for many years, and we started doing this together.
1: Yes, you and Tuomo.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then MMP said, yeah, go ahead and develop this? and uh, yeah, and, basically. And that, that they would be willing to publish it? Did they promise that? And then... Or you worked out a little contract or something? or
2: No, no. It's nothing. It's, uh, it's just uh, the way we talked about it. And the idea was to have it uh, as a part of Armies of Oblivion. And then they, okay. they split it up to... Um, I think it was to concentrate to get one of them out first. And that was Armies of Oblivion. But there was never any written contract. But it was also not a question of doing it or not, but just, uh, I think, uh, a question of when. So we had several years where we were talking about the general concepts and uh, that also included uh, Perry Cook, who is still doing that, and, and the main contact for us and, and the real help in, in uh, yeah making the right selections and the right choices, things like this. We also had... Uh, uh, in the beginning, some input from uh, a guy called Russ Banton, a really good player. We mm-hmm. had to see lots of things, and uh,
0: so well, it, was, thi- it was decided that, uh, that 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 these things you were working on wouldn't fit into Armies of Oblivion, and they would yeah. be put together with an, with another separate pack. Yeah, and, and at that time, did they pick the name?
2: No. <laughs> Who picked the Who name? Who picked that
0: name? But I like it.
2: Yeah, I think it was uh, suggested by Tumu. Hmm.
1: And is the... Oh, what does that mean? Do you know?
2: It means roughly, uh, roughly cut them, cut them up, uh, or Ooh, yeah,
1: terribly bloody. Is the yeah, box it, art going to be bloody with people with knives uh, in them or something?
2: <laughs> You'll have to see.
1: <laughs> is box art selected already?
2: We have a, a suggestion. It was made uh, several years ago, and I, I think it's still the current one. But
0: I've asked uh, I've asked Dave in the most current uh, episode of the Two Half Squads. I've challenged Dave to submit something for box art.
1: Oh, I have to get <laughs> fast and make yeah, it a better work of art going. and sell it for less than the other guy. Yeah, but yeah no, I won't get around to that. I think. But
0: so has the has the. Um, History of the Finns in the war been of particular interest to you? Is that?
2: I mean, it has always been of some some interest. I've been, uh, I think, mostly interested in in some of the Eastern Front actions, Kursk, and uh, when Red case came out, I was interested. I became interested in in the fighting in Stalingrad and got some some German books on on the topic to read and some English as well to see. It's a bit. It's it's uh, described differently from from the German side compared to to outside of German. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Actually, I found I I was comparing notes with uh, a play by email opponent called uh, Diane Lodge in Canada, and he had this exact same book which I had, but in in English and. Uh, was missing about eighty to ninety pages, and uh, we tried to figure out what the difference could be. And we found out in each of the chapters there was a, a personal note uh, about the guy and his unit uh, who wrote the book. And all, all those personal notes had been removed in the in the English version. Hmm. That's I don't know why.
1: Well, <clears throat> and I, yeah, I like the fins too. There's something about. Their big stand against the, you know, massive Russia, and you know, and the way they then have to ally themselves with the, the Nazis, and it's more a political decision, I guess. Right?
2: It was it was a, a a huge political decision. I mean, they were surrounded on one side of the Germans. They were holding on to Denmark and Norway. Uh, Sweden was kind of neutral. We were actually dealing with both sides we were selling a lot of things to 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 germany and uh, also selling things to to the british and helping them out with dawn pilots and things like that so we were a, a kind of playing both sides and actually trying not to get yeah.
1: invaded by anybody
2: exactly and after after the winter war which was the first war finland was trying to get us uh, into a, a union with with sweden and uh, sweden was not uh, they looked into it and uh, I don't know too much about politics but the way I, I read about it I had to talk with uh, with Germany about it because you couldn't obviously just go about and decide these things and Germany because they have the this non-aggression pact with Russia and that pact clearly gave Finland away so to speak to Russia uh, Germany couldn't accept it so there was no union happening so Finla- Finland were more or less on, on their own and uh, I think it was fairly obvious to everybody that there was going to be a new war, and the way it looked like, Germany were the only ones who would be prepared to help them.
0: So, when you were going through, uh, when when you were starting to uh, assemble ideas for scenarios uh, to put into this new pack, how did you? Where did you get your ideas from?
2: Uh, I personally get them from uh, old books. Mm-hmm. There is, a, there is a, a lot of books written on it. Most of them are in Finnish, of course, but since uh, Swedish is the second uh, official language in, in Finland due to the, a long history, there's about 9 percentage, I think who speak Swedish. So it's an official language and that makes a lot of the books uh, who have written in, in Finnish being translated, but also a lot that were written in Swedish to begin with. And uh, so I... I they're quite easy to find in, in old bookshops and so on and they have some of them have excellent descriptions of actions of so happenings and things like this
1: mm-hmm. and how many scenarios did then you design
2: uh, I have made, of the ones who are included currently I have been involved in three I think two on my own and one is doing been done with For together with it
1: for HP for yes by yeah, and then um, Tuomo has come up with lots of ideas on his own, also.
2: Correct. He has uh, access to lots more books and also friends who, who are into this, so they have. Uh, I think they have a, a bigger variety of of situations to pull scenarios from, and I, I think that's that's going to be the biggest difference to the to the scenarios we know already, because they are kind of stereotyped winter war let's kill Russian type of scenarios and. Uh, it's. I think you have seen some some of the scenarios, so you you know it's going to be a, a different taste to this.
1: Yeah, it's got a lot of variety. And how many scenarios are there? I think there's 30 something on the list, and I've only play tested maybe 10. <laughs>
2: yeah, there are 30 on the list, and of those, we have pulled out. I think we have about 14, 13 or 14 now, which we are looking at for inclusion and I don't know it's up to MMP how many of those who actually make it into the box but let's say 10, 10 12 scenarios something like this
0: and are are the three that you designed in that 10 or 12
2: <laughs> we'll see it depends on okay. uh, what you guys think of them
0: would that be hard for you to not get a scenario <laughs> get a scenario in there <laughs> No, not I'm really. sure there's uh, e- oh, they- e- even in the early design stages there has to be a lot of work that goes into designing a scenario
2: oh yes yeah. You, it's, uh, and I have, uh, I have under- underestimated uh, just the, the amount of work going into making a scenario but uh, even much more how much work goes into making uh, the rules of ASL themselves it's, uh, it's no way you can even start to guess, you can spend 6 hours, 50 emails and everything, you, the only thing you see in the rules later on is, is one row it's one text line of row. And right. So that's uh, amazing.
0: And will there be uh, map boards for this? Actually, I haven't asked I, Dave about that.
1: Well, I do know there's the one that was offered for sale briefly at MMP, and it's a big woods board, and that's going to be included. And then any more beyond that, Lars?
2: No. As far as I know, it's only going to be that one. It's last of them, the, the mounted boards, 52.
1: Yeah and which is appropriate for the for the terrain out there um, from what I've been reading.
0: So when you're designing a, a scenario, uh, do you go through the boards and look for a board that would be appropriate for the action that you're considering? or And at some point do you say there just isn't a board appropriate for this action and you, you ch- either change the action or you go to MMP and say, hey, we need another board? How, did, how does that work? <laughs> that, <laughs> would sure be, that, would, that would be nice. That would be Please nice. I'm a, sure that I'm sure the design of the boards must be in itself must be really a huge undertaking. Yeah.
2: Now it, I I start with reading about the action and then you try to get an idea about the forces involved on on both sides and mm-hmm. uh, what kind of area they would need to to work on. So, for example, one of those uh, you've been playing is this the father sunshine one it started out with three boards in my thoughts but it was too big and now it's only two boards
1: mm-hmm. yeah that one i had done a couple of times and um you know i, I would want to jump back to hoping that your name is on one of the scenarios um i think there's three things that should be in Hacapelle. one your your one of your scenarios should be in there and <laughs> okay. two are there going to be any german counter leader counters in the game
2: <laughs> I, I was waiting for that <laughs> one you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> one could be Klein Schmidt. That would be two, and thirdly, if there's a Finnish one, my friend yeah. Timonen, yeah. I think, is a a Finnish name. So those yeah. are the three requirements.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what we can do with it. Uh, it's. Uh, I think those are the t- decisions that are made by MMP in the end. But
1: uh, yeah, and I think I
2: do. I do what I can.
1: I think I'm annoying them a little too much. So <laughs> no, I don't think so, Dave. <laughs> um. So, there's all these scenarios, and then, okay, so then you have to get all these playtesters. And so, I, I remember, I guess I got an email from somebody, mm-hmm. right, and then I contacted you, and then you sent out the requirements, you know, to keep it secret, and, yeah. and then uh, to play it as often as possible, and how to submit a, a report. How many playtesters are there right now?
2: Uh, we have uh, two lists. There's one with a finished one, and I can't say how many. I guess 20, 20 guys, perhaps. Wow. Like
1: of and, Finnish uh, players?
2: Yeah, I think so. There's, okay. a, there's a lot of them, and becoming more by the, by the day. And then there is a, a kind of international list, and there is, uh, I think, about 110 names on that list.
1: Oh, wow. So how many reports per scenario? Like, I, I try and play them twice, once with Dave, and then we switch sides cause to mm-hmm. see if we learn anything. Um. Do like so, like how many times would Father Sunshine have been played? Do you think?
2: Well, I can check. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I have uh, 30, thirty-five official. Wow. Reports.
1: Okay, and that's probably enough. To f- I know you, we figured out there's one flaw in there that my me and me and my player <laughs> did not even think of. And so I sometimes I feel like oh I'm not very helpful you know, to, so by doing all those planes you, you try and find flaws in the in this situation right and make it better.
2: Yeah. No 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 every every single report is is helpful even if there's a is a, is a mess or something because some reports are just we played this for for four turns and then we found out that we missed this and that rule and then it's time to think about is do we need to clarify this should there be something more in the scenario card and it's implicit but should we state it to make sure that the scenario doesn't get played in the wrong way too often things like this so every every single after action report is uh, is helpful and i'd like to take this opportunity to, to anyone who listened to it to say thank you because i know it's a it takes a lot of time to play the scenario once, twice, freeze, and you know it's not balanced and to get into internet takes a lot of time you could spend on playing r- real scenarios, finished scenarios, fun scenarios.
1: <laughs> well, and a lot of them seem pretty closely balanced to me. i just I just sent you an email from Jack today, um Murphy, and he, after thinking about it more last night, came back and said, "Well, it was probably a closer game that we thought because then you know a couple of dice rolls this way that way. So I don't know, I've been impressed with a lot of them and and the variety. I think we can address that for people looking forward to the game, as you alluded to, Lars. There's, there's, uh, it's not just Finns, and it's not just Finns against Russians. Yes. It's it's got a whole lot of different things going on.
2: Yeah, even it's, it's uh, so that that was one of the reasons for the color change that we were going to have uh, Germans against the Finns, which has been completely ignored up to this product. Let me tell.
1: Yeah, and that's going to be neat. I'm, I'm really excited and looking forward to it. And I, I just told Jeff, you know, I'm going to certainly purchase it and play them all again, um, you know, when, when it comes out. And I'm sure there are some scenarios I won't get to play test because some of them are already pretty well done, right?
2: Yeah, we have five now which are done in, in our book. So there's uh, six or seven more to go, and that's, that's the main effort which needs, needs to be done at this, this point in time.
0: Well, I'm going to stay right on it. Now, when you send off your results, your final results to MMP, I think we all have this feeling that there's like a a big vault and all the guys that work for MMP are somehow invisible and behind this vault and we have no idea what goes inside, what's going on inside there. Okay. It's like so. Do you know what goes on inside? <laughs> inside this, you send if them. Do then? Do they then play test them, or do they just? Do they uh, pull them out of a hat, or uh, you know? Do, no. do they tell you what happens and how they come to select the final bits that are going to go into the pack?
2: No, no. Perry uh, has been uh, following this this closely for yeah. uh, the least couple of years, and every playtest uh, after action report that you fill in and uh, in this formula we have online, it goes to, to him as well. So he, he gets every one of them and uh, wow. if there is if there's a question post it. we talk about it, uh, the three of us together and see if this is the way it should be and we also have uh, another old uh, squad leader aficionado, Jim Stahler, who has been doing a lot of playtesting mm-hmm. and also provides a lot of Valuable input on on rules and and how to do things. So, it's uh, it it's been very interactive for the last years. It's not like we're doing this in some kind of vacuum and do a, a quarterly report or something oh, like okay. this. It's it's evolving constantly and also rules revisions and things like that.
1: Yeah, and and um, can we mention again some of those things that'll be um, new in the system? Well, obviously there's vehicles. We're not letting anything out of the hat there, mm-hmm. right? Um, Lots of winter stuff, obviously. I've been enjoying breaking out some of the winter rules that I haven't been able to use for a while. Okay. Um, the Akio, can we say that on the air?
2: Yeah, sure. The little so sled thing to pull it yeah, around so it's a, machine a, oh, it's a gun. Slide? I'm talking. Oh.
1: Jeff doesn't. Yeah, and you can load up your machine guns and stuff on them and whip them around really fast.
2: Yeah. Wow. Cool. It makes a big difference when you want to drag something through the snow, and it was used to to. Uh, uh Yeah, move equipment around, but also uh, to evacuate wounded people. It's 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 the two main uses for it, and it it was used not only by the Finns but also for the Russians. So it's for both available for bo- both sides or any side if the designer wants to use them.
1: Yeah, and there was a significant rewrite of the rule, which became much shorter, but but I think made it more simple, right? Yeah. Recently. And we can't – I won't say that on the air. It's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Jack last night was moving his big machine guns around really fast, and he felt kind of guilty. He emailed me this morning and said, I'm not sure we did that right because they went so fast. And I'm like, no, I think we did it right. <laughs>
2: well, that's fine. It's it's the way it makes – makes uh, it makes – Transporting heavy things much easier much yeah. easier
1: and, and then Jack said too I think we needed to add a rule where you can put like demolition charges on the sled and then slide it down the hill at like buildings and <laughs> blow them up but that's not in the works is it
2: no no actually we joked about too we said something like uh having an SMC or whatever a leader sitting on it and <laughs> <laughs> going going downhill on the sled, you know, and just dropping That's demo charges idea. to the left and right. Yeah.
1: A kamikaze guy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a Goliath on a sled, driven by a, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and Jack pointed out too. He said it because my side had uh, a keo, and I had no big weapons. And he was, he and he's a pretty smart ASLer because right away he he's analyzing. You know what can I do with this thing. And he said, you know, well, you can move a wounded leader with this. And this morning he emailed me that, and I'm thinking, oh, that leader that I lost, and he needed those points to win, who was wounded, okay. <laughs> and I had the kill like two hexes away, I maybe could have tried to go pick that guy up and save him. Instead, we just abandoned him, and everybody ran away. yeah, <laughs> oh, so,
2: so, abandon uh, your own man.
1: I, we had to. <laughs> just trying not to let him get those points, and it was worth sacrificing a few to save everyone else. So." But that Akio might have been used, so that'd be neat to see uh, next time yeah. you play it. If I can use it better. Oh, I would. I'll point out that uh, there's different terrain types too, which we won't mention on the air, right? But and I, what I like about this is there's um, enough to make it interestingly different, and there's there's things in there that I kind of always thought should be as part of terrain or things you can do, and it's not too much. It's not like um, trying to run a Beach landing at Normandy. You know, learn all the rules for the LCVPs and all that. Yeah. So I think people who are looking for a new product are going to enjoy this because it's going to give you enough subtle variety and and none of it's too complicated.
2: So some of the, some of the things have changed a lot over the years too. So uh, we we try to move everything in, in the direction of playability. It's not. We don't want to invent another. Uh, Punji terrain type, which is uh, or rice paddies or something oh, yeah, like that. I don't, I don't like those rules. <laughs> no, they're they're weird. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So no, I appreciate that. That's going to be exciting to get mm. this added to the to the system. And,
2: and for, for the, sorry. No, go ahead <clears throat> And for the for the units themselves, we we have of course all the the vehicles and uh, that they, they used and most of them are russians because they they were captured but it's also uh vehicles they purchased from from the germans and uh the guns they they are uh, as var ver- uh, as many different nationalities as varied as as those in in china because the finns were in principle they were buying from uh, anyone who wanted to sell to them and uh, so you see guns from from quite a few different nations in there. So that's that's going to be some interesting new guns which weren't around before. Own oh, yeah. inventions by the Finns.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be I'm actually I'm getting really excited about this. I'd like to get this in my hands, so I'm gonna step up that play testing and then they're hoping the before Christmas release, right? Seriously.
2: That Sound would a... be nice. It would be really nice. The Did end they... of a ten ten year work. Wow.
1: wow. Okay, oh that we didn't ask when this yeah. really got started.
2: That's amazing. Yeah.
0: I think uh, Tolstoy wrote War and Peace in less time than that. <laughs> but he worked full-time, didn't he? Oh, yeah, maybe so. You don't do this full-time? Lars, this is not your uh, how you make your living, huh? No. Okay.
2: Fortunately. Fortunately.
0: <laughs> uh, as you collect all this information and communicate with playtesters, both in Europe and the U.S. and presumably other places, do you notice any differences in players and the way they play? between Europe and the US and Australia or something. Are there any, is there any notice about that?
2: Not not from the playtest themselves. I've been lucky enough to be able to go to uh, ASLOC in, uh, in Ohio many years, for mm-hmm. several years. We tried to get an alternate year basis, me and uh, two friends from Sweden, Robert and, and Klaus. But uh, uh I think there is uh, you can notice a, a difference in in playing styles between between Europe and 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 the US.
0: Mm. Can you t- tell like what that is? Can you tell ah, us what that
2: uh, is? <laughs> uh, well, you have a, a distinct feeling that when when you when you when you play in the US. See if I can rephrase this without uh, making enemies everywhere. No, go ahead, uh, that's what we oh, like.
0: Want. The US guys don't <laughs> bathe. <laughs> No,
2: the U.S. guys are, are, are
1: militant, <laughs> aggressive, pushing around other nations. Oh, no, no,
2: me. it's a, uh, it's uh, a. <laughs> I think it's the uh, uh, the U.S. players are more uh, interesting in in uh, having fun, having a great game, and uh, and uh, socialize. It's not. Uh, it's not. It's much less rules discussions and looking up rules in the in the U.S. Mm. You uh, you ask the opponent and if he thinks he knows the way a rule is played or so on. You just play and get on with the game. And uh, uh, another thing is is I haven't never seen except in in, in Cleveland is for example when it's my turn to do advance phase the other guy says i need to make a smoke so i, I step outside and please do your advances and so you leave you sitting at the table and basically just trust you're doing the right thing and that's uh it's different it's 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 focused on playing having fun and uh, and doing something together and in europe when you go to at least the tournaments i've been to the real tournaments it's more uh Study up on scenarios in advance and uh, uh, see w- where you can etch out an advantage for yourself. And some some players are very demanding. In if if the rule is not playing exactly as they think, you you have to prove it in the book and things like this.
0: They're going to print these scenarios only in English, or do they? Do they offer these in other languages? I don't even know. No, I
1: think it's just English.
2: I think. There was mentioned a Japanese uh, rule book for a s l yeah, ten years uh, ago
1: you're right I did hear about that, but I don't know if they've ever done that because English is pretty well um, used a lot of countries yeah so yeah.
2: and maybe that's a a difference also which is because you're reading your own language so it's easier to scheme over the rules, but for us uh, poor Euro guys who have to learn English in school. We really have to study the words, and there are lots of long words, new words, and the first time you look them up, and things like this. So you, perhaps we spend more time reading the book the first time. I don't, I, I don't know. It's yeah, just a, that's a
1: good point. Yes. Yeah. And and when I'm playtesting, am I supposed to also do grammatical corrections of you uh, language use? I did that once or twice. I didn't want to offend yeah. anyone.
2: All corrections are welcome.
1: Yeah, because I wasn't sure, but I, I, and someone said, "Well, yeah, you should probably be checking everything for them, you know, because getting ready this, this, for this to be published."
0: So, will you be coming to Aslock this year? Yes. Oh, good. I, I don't I'm know. going
2: to see you guys too? I I don't know. Are That's we too
1: far for us to go? It, well. <laughs> We go to this Gen Con role-playing convention, and that's mm-hmm. a weekend. And then we do the open here, and that's a weekend. And then I do a miniatures one in Lincolnshire, Illinois, and that's a weekend. I'm not sure I can get another like weekend away from the kids and wife. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I'd love to go. I'd love to meet you. So if you come through Chicago...
2: Actually, I was there in last year in October, but that was before I had... I just started to hear your podcast and I didn't know you were based in Chicago yet, so...
1: Yeah, next time you're around, you can email me and we'll set up a meeting time or something or we'll pick you up at
2: O'Hare or something. Bring her some beer from Germany. Oh, Oh, (laughs) yeah,
0: Always welcome. Our door is always open. (laughs) Uh, What do you... So, uh, let's let's just talk about ASL in general. Do you... um, You've played for a long time. Do you think a- the play of ASL is on the uh, decline, or do you think it's is it only for old timers now? Are there ways to get new people into the game?
2: I, I think there are ways to get uh, new players into the game, and I think the, the starter kits are doing that more or less. Perhaps uh, at least they're making more people interested in into into the kit and. Uh, you read about players coming from AS, ASL to, to full ASL, mm-hmm. and also when I go to the tournaments, I don't know about US because uh, yeah, Cleveland ASL it's a it's a bit different. There's roughly the same number of people, hundred thirty I think it's around the last couple of years, and uh, but at least for the tournaments in in Europe, you see new players each year. So I, I think ASL is is picking up players again.
1: Yeah, I kind of think so too with us especially with the starter kit. We've had a lot of people emailing us saying that they're just starting to learn the game and mm. that our podcast has helped them, which I'm not sure how,
0: but <laughs> <laughs> well they know they're not alone. There's something about that then. They're, they're, they're as as the guy on the show that's the newbie. You know, they know they're not alone.
2: Mm. No, I, I think it's. I think it's good. It's. It's talking about uh, the game, and uh, you know, giving you time, or makes you think about the game when you're playing, or setting up, or doing something else. So, I. Th- I think it helps definitely.
0: Pierre, do you have any questions for us while I'm looking through my questions? Are there any questions you'd like to ask us?
2: I'd have to think about that. Okay. Uh, no. Uh, we're pretty that's okay. uninteresting people, yeah. so there's not
0: much to ask us, really.
2: How, how many playtest reports will we get by August? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Dave, I'll turn that one over to you. I'm
1: going to try and play weekly, but that's not mm-hmm. going to work out. But it helped that I, you allowed me to get the extra playtester in, Jack, instead of my okay. regular Dave. Because, yeah. I mean, Dave and I were just doing it. We are doing this. Let's do it. Let's go. And then mm-hmm. suddenly we couldn't coordinate our weekends. For like a month and a half. And so, and then you were like, um, you know, I said, can I do someone else? And you said, yeah. And I said, okay. And I had him over, Jack, and he's going to come again. he actually emailed and said, you know, I'll play that again with you and we can get in another, you know, submission. But uh, Dave and I are, are, his schedule's opening up, so we should be back on it. And it's fun. I I really like doing it. So um, I'm not sure I'll do it again, but because I'm falling behind in all those other games, right? I haven't played any. Jeff and I are supposed to play those Italian ones from Action Pack 3 and right we just there's no time
0: yeah it's hard to find time and and speaking of that Lars are there are other games that you play besides ASL
2: uh, we I play with my family i've been very lucky in that i have a wife and two kids they are 12 and 14 and we play games like talisman the mm-hmm. old june uh, from avalon hill we play Ami- Amoeba from june uh, from avalon hill and settlers of Gatan uh, oh, of course We play miniatures Warhammer 40k oh go oh. things like that so we, we play a lot of different games it's uh, it's fun I'm, that I'm Warhammer,
0: like that. the Warhammer thing is quite is a very interesting phenomenon to me because um, you know with as expensive as store rent is in this area there is a shopping mall near us a very big shopping mall and they have a, a games workshop shop in there and they, there's two or three in the Chicago area and I'm always amazed at that that there's enough interest in Warhammer to warrant putting in a shop a dedicated store to it mm-hmm. so is there a dedicated store in your area as well
2: uh, in Hamburg yes in, mm-hmm. and uh, so there's yeah. one one nearby and I think it's uh, it's uh, has an uh, uh, it's attractive for for yeah kids to Mm -hmm. young teenagers because it's lots of cool figures and uh, martial-looking guys and weird monsters and things like this. Mm That's what I like.
1: Yeah, I run a miniatures um, club at my school. I actually get paid to play games. Really? Uh, It's a club, yeah. It's a regular, like having a chess club at school or running the school play. So um, I started it for free and then finally told them, you know, you guys need this because you got all these kids who don't do sports. And they have nothing to do in this district, you know. And some parents wrote in, and, and uh, they finally admitted it as a stipended position. Um, it's not great money, but it's, you know, it yeah, is actually it's... getting paid the game. But, boy, <laughs> it's a struggle. It's I, I got two buildings I run it at, the South School and the North School. And the South School, they're mm-hmm. really loud, and they yell, and they, and they, you know. And it really, like, adds to my stress in my day. And then All right. uh, in my North Building, I've got these, like, six really quiet, nice kids and the difference is just huge because the one is so relaxing and the other one is so stressful <laughs> you know running the same games and i run them through all different kind of stuff but most of them are familiar with warhammer all right they don't come in yeah. saying oh yeah i've played a world war ii game or you know they come in going you know do you play warhammer because we play that i say no i don't but we'll stick to a historical focus at school you know and hopefully you guys will enjoy it and they usually do
2: Okay, and, and your so, kids,
0: your your kids are getting to the age where you can now um, move them out of Warhammer and into Squad Leader. Are you thinking about that? <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I tried that. I played uh, the starter kit with my oldest son two mm-hmm. years ago, and we played Free Force scenarios and so on. And uh, he, he he can play it, and uh, but it's not uh, he's not asking for it.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, well, I got to keep trying. Yeah, I,
2: they know I do it, and they have every chance, but they, they like these 3D plastic things much so maybe more. You might yeah, have to have more one. kids. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: although Jack plays with his son, I think he likes it. So, And I, I think my son might. I'm ready to try the Star Kids. He's going to be 11 in a month. 11, board. all right. So I'm going to go ahead and try it, I think. So, and, although he does, we do a father-son game night, and we play my various miniature games, biplanes and Old West, you know, and...
0: Well, oh, if yeah, he starts so. playing uh, squad leader with you, Dave, we'll have to have him on the show. Well, oh, we could mm-hmm. sometime. Yeah. That would be fun. That would be great. And we can have Lars' son on the show as well. So
2: <laughs> That would be fun. Yeah. yeah. So, well... I, um, oh, another question, if yeah. I may. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you stumbled on uh, any books about Finland during the wars, if you have read anything?
1: Actually, I did stumble on one um, last week, and I hurt my, my ankle. <laughs> And I fell. I fell over and tripped. I on can't it. believe I think that's
0: funny. <laughs> you are easily amused, Jeff. I Hallett. guess so. Oh my god! I gotta actually, get out more.
1: Actually, I think I just have one called like Winter War or something, and that mm-hmm. I had read, and that's all I had ever seen previously. Then I just got an issue of a magazine. It's the old Strategy and Tactics magazine. They used to put a game in each one.
0: Yeah. they yeah, actually, still
1: do. They actually have it at Barnes and Noble. And there was one on Finland, and I was like, oh, we're playtesting this. I'll get this and read it and then give it to Dave Timonen to read because he doesn't read any of the history of the war. He just plays the game all the time. Okay. <clears throat> and that's all... Got,
2: got his priorities right. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah right. You're right. that's right. <laughs>
0: Gaming and then reading, but... But I haven't stumbled upon, but it makes me want to go look. I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. check. We have a very good local library, so I'm going to go check there, mm-hmm. and if I can't find no. anything, I'll look on...
2: Yeah, There are a couple of good good books available in in english and
0: oh, uh, do you know the names of them you can recommend them right now
2: uh, one is uh, the winter war if it's the same one it's written by someone called i think engle and a finnish guy and yeah. there's of mm-hmm. course uh, Froze, frozen hell by trotter which is a nice start okay and white death it's called Mm-hmm. It's a different one, and uh, it's what, what the Russians were thinking of Finland. They they called it the white death, because it was just white everywhere, and uh, you just died without any warnings. They, they, the Russians didn't like Finland at all. They were, yeah, losing the war in many ways, not mm-hmm. only that way. There is, uh, if you want to read up on, on the background, there is... Uh, a new book which was about uh, after the winter war stalin had a big uh, meeting with most of the the generals and and uh, the important people involved in in the winter war and uh, the notes from that meeting has been published and it's really interesting to read about it from from the russian side
1: oh that would be interesting yeah yeah i imagine it was all top secret for many years huh
2: yes so that's one and uh, one of my favorite books is uh, by a uh, a German liaison officer who was in Finland. Uh, not during the Winter War, of course, but during the later wars called uh, Continuation. Sim- it's I think the book is called the German Northern Theater of Operations 1940 to 45. Okay. And it's by a guy called Simke and uh, it has a lot of in- interesting uh, uh, yeah, facts which uh, applies to the Finns to seen from someone else not 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 from the Finns themselves. That's
0: You know, it's I'm looking up uh, the winter war and I'm finding a DVD called the winter war Yes a- about about the Finns. Yeah, uh, so that's interesting finding that on Amazon may have to order that up and see what that's about
2: Yeah, they're there. I think there are three or four different uh, DVDs about the different wars there's one about uh, uh, in 1944 when uh, the Russians decided to uh, finish off the Finns again, sorry (laughs) Uh, they launched a a really huge uh, summer offensive with lots of armor and lots of of, uh, infantry of course and artillery and everything and there were really big uh, tank battles and there is a, a movie about that as well, I think it's called Tali, T A L I, 1944, something like this. You might be able to find that as well. It's, is, they're really recommended.
0: Okay. Well, I'll look all of those up and uh, include those links to those resources in the show notes when we include your interview. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I think that wraps it up. We we uh, really appreciate you uh, taking the time. I know it's like, what is it, 10 o'clock there or?
2: 11 o'clock? Uh, it's closer to 11 now. Close to 11 o'clock in so, the yeah, evening. Yeah, so.
1: yeah, we'll yeah. have to say goodnight to you. Yeah. But yeah, I know t-
0: tomorrow you have the day off because it's Memorial Day here in the U.S. and, and everybody <laughs> takes off Memorial Day, don't <laughs> they? I,
2: I'll try to bring that up at the yes. office tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot for asking me, guys. I, I enjoyed it and it's uh, good to talk to you in person. It almost feels like one know you after all the other podcasts. Yeah, because oh, well,
1: you, nice. you listen all the time to us blabbing yeah. away. <laughs>
0: <right>? <laughs> well, yeah, and uh, it was very nice talking to you. It was a, a real pleasure.
1: Yes, thanks so much, and thanks for getting this um, really great module going. And um, I'll start doing my part again, and we'll we'll be looking forward to it. And so thanks to you, and we'll stay Excellent. in touch.
2: We will. Do. Thank all you right. very much. Take Go care. Radio. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye.
0: Well, that was great to hear from Lars. They're through the magic of uh of computers. Oh, it, Skype, wasn't that yeah. amazing. Yeah. A His lot voice of fun. actually sounded better than ours.
1: Yes, and the the improvement in the technology over our interviews with Keith has come yeah. a long way. Yeah. We need to get Keith on again soon sometime also. Yeah. Um I my dad my do you remember my uncle? We talked about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was in St. Louis. His daughter His daughter's daughter, his granddaughter, got married. Uh, And I missed the wedding, but my dad brought this beer back from St. Louis. Oh. Where there's going to be a squad tournament soon. And this is a Schlafly brand, St. Louis brewery. Wow. Right in St. Louis. And so I thought, man.
0: I'm going to try that. You are quite a guy. You miss you miss the wedding, but you don't I miss still, the brace of beer.
1: <laughs> I still got a a brewski from the wedding. It's a pale ale. That's it's a, a rich, great way to do it. It's a rich amber colored, medium bodied British style ale with a smooth, mild hop character. Oh, okay. Have I a, drink have out a, of a, a beer, uh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah, have give a, you a, little give taste. Me a little of
0: that. And um, So what's up for next show? Next show, oh, we've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Holy cow, I can't even begin to tell you. Now, next show, we're going to be discussing um, anti-tank weapons. Mm, By the way, this is a good beer. Is it good? Yeah. Let me have a little bit. Where is it brewed exactly? It is very smooth. It
1: says the St. Louis Brewery Company, St. Louis, Missouri. Is that where Budweiser is brewed? St. Louis Brewery Well, I don't know. It has no other um, name on it.
0: Yeah, it's good. Bottled with love. Well, there you go. No wonder. Yeah, next episode we're going to be uh, discussing light anti-tank weapons in all their various forms. Bazooka Shreks and Piats. (laughs) Oh my. (laughs) That's right. Fiats. No, Piats. Oh. (laughs) No. We're going to blow up Fiats. Yeah, so that should be a good episode. And Joe will be with us for that one. Uh, we'll also have, uh, right after that, an interview, interview. with, with uh, Mike from the um, Texas ASL group, and a lot, we've got a lot of other stuff planned. So. And Jeff, what's happening to Newbie-Doo? Uh, Newbie-Doo, we've got uh, episode two we have recorded. It just needs a little more editing, and we will get that out. You're not going to can it. need a lot of editing. You're not going to can it? Oh, no, definitely not. No. Okay. It's coming out. Guaranteed. Because the listeners so. are waiting for yeah. Newbie-Doo
1: 2 with Me you and too. Joe.
0: Yeah. So I guess that wraps it up for this episode. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening as usual. And remember, roll low, and may the dice be with you. But not when you're playing us. Bye, everybody. See you later.